not every relationship is like a mentor and mentee type thing. Like I have friendships, like really, really good friendships in the space. And we're, we won't even put each other on a level of, oh, I'm learning from this person or they're teaching me this. We're all gaining stuff from each other. We can reach out and learn. So having the good support group and also having like that higher up person who can kind of maneuver over everything is a really good community to have. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Webflow the podcast dedicated to uncovering the greatest failures behind the greatest web flowers, because success often comes after learning from many failures. So today I interviewed Brianna Nicole. She is a force in the Webflow space. You might have seen her at the FinSuite Lives. She's always at flow parties and she's just generally really, really involved on Twitter too. Now, Brie has got a fascinating story. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. We got into the weeds of Bichette syndrome, the rare autoimmune disease that she has, and how that affects her freelancing. We talk about finding mentors and how to learn from people that are better than you. And we also talked about playing it too safe with work and pricing and ideas you know when you're starting out you might not push the creative boundaries enough and she talks a little bit about that too we have got a banging episode for you today i am really excited so let's just jump straight in embrace and learn from failure with episode 26 of webflail with briona nicole brie welcome to webflail hi thank you so much for having me i'm super psyched It is an honor to have you here. You have a very interesting backstory, quite atypical from the average web blower. So I'm really excited to get into it. Now, you told an amazing story with Joe Krug on the FinSuite Community Day that kind of gave us a real flavor as to you, you know, where you're from, what you're doing now. Can I be quite a lazy interviewer and just (laughs) ask you to give us that story up till now with you as a webflower? Yes, of course. My name is Brianna. I was born in Nebraska, like Jack said, and I currently am in central Arkansas. I've spent majority of my childhood just being extremely interested in arts, crafts, and education knowledge, like teaching and things like that. From a young age, I've always been very hopeful. I'm willing to do things, learn, keep exploring. As I got into like high school, I was very big into, well, this started in elementary, actually, um, orchestra. So from there, I learned a lot of instruments, got really big into music and arts and things like that. And when it came to college, I kind of had that battle of, I love education. I want to be a doctor, but I also love arts and I want to create something. So um, I went the route of going to college for computer sciences soon realized this really wasn't, I felt so much intimidation being like the only black woman in the area, in my classes, not really understanding. It was just a lot that was happening during that time. And I felt intimidated, which is something I've learned that I kept feeling, especially getting into the tech space. It's easy to feel intimidated. Yeah. So that was kind of the first time I kind of like gave up on myself and what I was doing. But from there, I started working underneath my mentor, who is my cousin, Jennifer. She owns At The Spot Studio in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we first started with like photography. And actually I have the videos from when she was teaching me WordPress from like 2017. So that is really funny to go back and see like, this is when I started learning web development. This is when I started learning marketing. This is when I started doing it. 
but I was so anti-marketing. I was like, I don't want to do this. Don't want to work for people. I'm an independent entrepreneur doing my own thing. So while I was doing that part-time, I began my company in between and I was a holistic healer. I am a Reiki master and a doula. And I'm so, so proud of all the people that I've helped during that time. I actually still get people reach out to me and telling me how a conversation we had three years ago has completely warped their lives. So that was such a beautiful time in my life of going around, doing events, helping people. And um, unfortunately, that came to a halt because of COVID. So I made the decision to go back to school to become a midwife. And I was also working at a farm. Yeah, I do a lot of weird things. <laughs> so um, I was working with ducks and helping people out and doing like cool farms, girl stuff. And uh, during that year, I started to experience extreme health problems that were so extreme that we couldn't ignore them anymore. Always been kind of a sickly child, but holistic health. That's why I was in holistic health. So it all worked out until it stopped working out. And my hands kind of start malfunctioning on me. My the inflammation kind of got out of control, basically. And I found out that I have a rare autoimmune disease called Bichette syndrome. It is an inflammatory disease that affects my arteries, my veins, and my vessels. So everything is affected pretty much. Yeah, I went through a whole year of dealing with the diagnoses, going through the medication phase, doctors, the colonoscopies, all the horrible things. And from there, I was kind of at the spot where I couldn't work. I couldn't create. I couldn't do anything. I was just in bed and I needed something that brought me back to me. So my boyfriend, he was like, Brie, you love digital art here. He bought me a laptop and he said, here, get back into digital art, start figuring something out. Have you heard of NFTs? And I was like, what the heck is an NFT? And that was my introduction to 3D. <laughs> I started studying 3D and I was like, I don't really care about the crypto side of it, but this art side, this is so beautiful. Like I can create my own world. The world around me has been closed, but I can create something inside of the computer. So I dug really, really deep into 3D and I was like, oh, I want to get into making games. So I started to learn how to code. I got back into computer sciences and I was like, I already know HTML, CSS. This stuff is easy. JavaScript. Oh, fun. I started building like mini games and stuff. This was like last year in January. And as I was doing that, I was like, okay, I could possibly, you know, get a job in tech. I was learning UX and UI. And I was like, I can start in front end, get a job and start to learn to develop to get into gaming in the future. And as I was learning that, I was taking the Google UX course and they said, make an account on Webflow to build your portfolio. And I was like, what is Webflow? And I found out quickly, what is Webflow? And from there, I was like, oh, this is like perfect. I won't have to learn how to hard code, I could just build stuff with Webflow. So my whole like idea started to pivot. And I was like, let me start taking Webflow seriously and start building out websites. I know how to do this already. This could be something I do while I learn the hard stuff. And then Webflow completely took over my life. And now you, you have me here today, <laughs> a year later of like, go hard with building beautiful websites and experiences for people on the web. So yeah, that's my little background. <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing so much detail there. It sounds like you kind of follow your nose. When you enjoy something, you do a lot of it and and that opens doors and leads to new opportunities and you kind of just go with the flow of life, I guess. And obviously when you had this 
rare autoimmune disease diagnosis, that kind of shut a door in your face, as it were. But then you actually kind of use that to springboard into a completely new direction, which I think is is really inspiring. Do you feel that weirdly this this disease has actually kind of helped shape your your present now then? Actually, I have this conversation so much with myself. As much as it sucks, it's not, it didn't just start. That's what I tell people. I started my um, symptoms when I was 10 years old. It's really shaped me as a person since I was a young child. Like, why am I so holistic? Why do I care so much about health and certain things like that? Like, it was because of me. I thought it was for other people, but it was for me. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's made me such a great person. I put myself first, which allows me to be there for other people. And so, yeah, it gives me so much empathy. Like I've really been shaped as a better person since I've gotten my diagnosis. I truly do agree with that. It's really interesting, this idea of putting yourself first so that you can be there for other people. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that seems to be a big part of you as a freelancer, but also just as a human. Um, That's exactly why I love freelancing. It allows me to put myself first. Living with this disease, life is very unpredictable. Um, I could be fine one hour and then my eyes could get inflamed the next. Or if I stand up for 40 minutes too long, I get really inflamed. I need to go lay down, take a nap. So being able to stop, usually I'm like, I push myself, finish this, do this, do this, do that. When I can just go, hey, this isn't feeling well. And if I know that if I keep going, I'm going to go into a flare. It's going to stop me. I'm like, no, don't do that because it's not worth it in the long run. Put yourself first. Another example is I really don't eat out too much because it's not, it doesn't do well on my body. So I cook all of my meals, which is a huge sacrifice, but I put myself first. So it ends up being worth it in the long run. Um, So yeah, those are just like a few examples of being very, very selfish in a sense of going, no, can't do this. Stop. I don't go out too much. I don't really do things, but it's a weird life, but it's worth it in the long run because I come first before everything else, or I can't do anything else. I'll be in bed in a flare again. Then I can't do anything for myself or others, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of the time we try and give, 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 but actually that takes energy and it takes from from you. And there needs to be kind of a a balance for that. In order to give a lot, you need to look after yourself a lot, essentially, is what I I guess I'm trying to say. In the the disabled community, we say something, we have spoons, like I only have nine spoons throughout the day and I can only pass them out. When I'm out of spoons, I'm out of spoons. And so I'm very particular what I use my spoons for. So um, if I go grocery shopping, I know I'm not going to cook that day because going to the grocery store takes so much out of me. So it's just about being like cautious of planning ahead the right ways of doing certain things and just having that self-awareness and having the voice to say no is very powerful because other people are being hurt. It's not just me being affected, it's other people too. So um, yeah, it, it takes a lot and it takes a lot of discipline and boundaries, but it's so worth it when you get there. And can you tell us a little bit about your 3D stuff? Because I feel like that's a huge part of your Webflow exploration as well. You talked there a little bit about thinking about going into gaming design and then Webflow kind of took over. But as far as I can see from your Twitter account, you're doing you're still doing a lot of 3D and yeah. that that merging with Webflow and... Can you, can you tell us a little bit about where you're at as a freelancer and where you want to get to with Webflow and 3D? So what's interesting is I didn't really expect any of this. Like, it was so interesting. I, I love 3D because photography reasons. Um, having the background in photography allows me to really, like, be good with the lighting and the settings and things like that. So 
it was originally for photography to do certain things with stuff like the macarons project. I needed a fake project. Like I needed products. So I was like, let's make some macarons in 3D and throw them into scenes and do certain things like that. And that's what makes things stand out. I've noticed people who work in 3D don't really have a way to make them design. Does that make sense? Like a lot of 3D is art and it doesn't really apply design wise to make it make sense in like a website or something. So that's kind of been my thing of like, how do we incorporate this gamification and bring it to make it worth something inside of a website or like, what do we do to take something that no one else is really doing in a sense and make it make sense? So that's kind of where my mindset was with 3D. I do really want to get into gaming. That is a huge goal of mine, but I'm, I know it's going to take some time. And so I'm not rushing that process. So in the meantime, I'm trying to explore how to incorporate 3D with companies who have products as much as um, a pain in the butt e-commerce is. I love e-commerce. And so hopefully I can start gaining some clients to start exploring more with doing product shoots in 3D instead of having to have a photographer do it. It can end up helping and benefiting the companies in the long run. So that's where my mind has been with 3D of like, how do we incorporate this with companies, businesses, and marketing and make it make sense? Interesting. So you're kind of approaching 3D from the point of view of how would this impact my freelancing career with potentially e-commerce clients being yeah, the main yeah. people that might you know, benefit the most from 3D products and renderings and things. Is your design any good? Is that the right color? Is that copy any good for conversions? If only there was a tool to help you answer these questions. One tool built to test Webflow sites for all. Enter OptiBase, the A-B testing tool for Webflowers. Test anything you can think of. Colors, layouts, buttons, layouts buttons no credit card needed sign up today by clicking the link in the show notes out now for webflowers everywhere back to the episode yeah photography doing product shoots is a pain in the butt especially when you've spent hours setting up the scene you take the pictures you're editing the pictures and you're like, oh, this isn't it. You got to redo the whole scene, go through all that process again. Whereas in 3D, the scene is still there and we can just manipulate certain things and make a new render. So yeah, it's like, how can we kind of shake that up? There's um, a handful of companies who are exploring new things with product shoots. So I was like, let's do that with 3D though. So I'm still figuring that process out. That's really interesting. So what you're saying is instead of you know paying for a day's shoot, what you're saying is, hey, I can all do this virtually, sat at home, from my laptop, just give me the assets, I will make whatever renderings that you want in 3D, and then we can apply that accordingly to your e-commerce website. Exactly. And then even taking it even further, I'll train one of your employees to learn how to do this. We can start getting people in so I can step out. That's kind of my thing. I want to set people up to where I can step out and they can still thrive. Interesting. So on that topic, what advice would you give to someone that is thinking, hey, Brie, I'm seeing what you're doing in 3D and applying it to Webflow. I'm interested in doing something similar or starting to understand how 3D works. 
what's a gateway tool that you think you would advise someone to use? And also, you know, how should they think about applying that stuff in Webflow? So first I would, there's so many layers to 3D. Do you want to model? Modeling is a huge, huge thing. Like, do you know anything about 3D? I think that'd be my first question. Are you going to work with existing models or create, learn how to create your own? And I would play around in Blender. Blender is absolutely fantastic. It's free. There's so many tutorials online, so many tutorials. Um, it's very open community. People are so nice in the Blender community. So I would start playing around with that and start thinking about, like I said, take make 3D, take it from art to design. Yes, it can be beautiful and pretty, but how is it going to op like how is it going to add to whatever it is you're doing? Start thinking about 3JS. I think that's really important. Uh, Bruno has a fantastic course that I'm taking and it's teaching me so much about how 3D interacts with the web because you're going to start hitting limitations of things you cannot and can do. So um be patient with yourself and start small. I think those would be like my biggest advice for people wanting to get in. So we've talked about where you've come from. We've talked about your amazing creative endeavors at the moment. But what I want to do is to understand your failures and how they have shaped the person that you are today as a Webflow freelancer. So let's jump into those now. Tell me about failure number one, playing it too safe with your work slash ideas slash pricing. Yes. So that's the loaded one, but it all comes together. <laughs> the first mistake I was making was when learning UX and UI and like front end development, everyone says niche, find something local, target and go. So you, I was thinking very locally when it came to web development and design. So I was thinking to just do basic companies. I working under the agency I was before at, at the spot, we would do basic type companies. I was never allowed to think outside the box type. So my uh, boyfriend's mother actually told me this great quote. If you're not scared half to death, you're not dreaming big enough. And she kept telling me that. And I was like, you're right. Like, why don't, why am I trying to stay basic? Like do something wild, do something colorful, be me. So that's where the macarons project came from. It was colorful. It was loud. It was something completely different. It shook everything up a little bit when I shared it. And it was perfect. I didn't need to keep myself inside of this box. I needed to put my personality into my projects. I was trying to stay behind a brand, trying to be like become an agency, trying to like completely wipe my face away. And that was a big mistake that I was making. And yeah, I was playing it way, way too safe in that arena. So when I allowed myself to do like these crazy ideas and crazy sites and stuff like that, that really allowed me to kind of get out of my shell when it came to web development. I think this is a really common problem, though, that you see what the bigger agencies are doing. You know, they've got like, seems to be a big trend with white and black, big capitalized fonts, like super kind of minimalist that you think, oh, well, that looks professional. But you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't know, that looks caring or cozy or, you know, any yeah. of the adjectives that you might want a person to be described, I think. And it's hard to put yourself truly into your designs, just like it's really hard to put yourself or represent yourself truly when you meet someone for the first time, I think. How did you kind of come to realize that you weren't being fully Brie online? That, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I started to notice it really with my designs when I just wasn't happy with them. I was just like, this, this isn't portraying really my talent and what I can do, what 
I feel is great for the brand. That's actually why I stopped thinking I'm just making designs. That's why I was like, I have to do the branding too with the company in order to really be able to get that soul out of the company to figure out what is it that we're putting on this website. Mm. Yeah, we did go through that very long phase of minimalist type websites where it was just very clean cut certain things like that. And that's actually why I love Webflow because I was seeing crazy interactions, crazy colors, things moving all over the place. And I was like, oh, I can do that. This isn't WordPress. Like we can actually have fun over here. So the best way that I found to get that out was to actually start incorporating branding when I work with clients so we can actually extract that out and it doesn't just become so basic. But before you were working with clients, you were kind of doing your own projects that Mm -hmm. you just explored and had fun, I guess. And you weren't under the pressure of a client saying, well, we need to think about this. You were just, you were kind of just playing. But through that playful state, that flow state, you actually kind of realized who you were about and the type of clients that you actually wanted to get. And ironically, maybe that work attracted those clients. Is that is that true for you? It did. That's really crazy. You said that without even knowing. Um, During this phase, I was past year, I was really trying to figure out my style. But that was kind of a mess up because I don't really have a style. I have styles. So it was about exploring those. And I've learned every client that's come to me um, has told me they love how colorful, colorful my projects are. They love how out the box they are. Like they're not like anything else. And how I just said, what are the rules? Screw them and just throw them out. So yeah, I've noticed people are coming to me to work with me because I'm me. That has been so great. So I highly encourage anyone stick to yourself. You don't have to hide behind an entity of an agency or something. Being a freelancer, you can really express yourself and that can be a good thing. And it's interesting that you say that where, you know, hiding behind the entity of an agency, what you're saying is buying by being an individual, you can actually get the projects that you actually want to work on because people want to work with you personally, you. And and I think there's there's a kind of commonplace theme, not necessarily trying to slam anyone that's doing this at all, but I do think that people think as an agency, I'm more likely to get bigger projects rather than even if they're just a one-man band. But actually, in your experience, that hasn't necessarily been been true. I mean, you've you've been working with brands that are willing to pay you and pay you to be you essentially is that is that true yeah exactly and that also ties into playing it too safe kind of like I was working under agencies and just relying on them at first to get clients for me because I was afraid and so no when I put myself out there things really started rolling and got bigger like you can actually get big clients just being a solo person it doesn't depend on how many people you are it depends on your customer service How is your onboarding, like your systems? I have, I'm very artistic, but I'm very systematic also, which is a great pairing. And yeah, people really appreciate me for all those aspects and not just because I'm an agency, like who cares at that point? Interesting you say that. So can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, how you, how you put yourself out there? I think that word, that phrase is, is used quite a lot, but how how did you actually put yourself out there with your projects you made these cool projects and then you put them out there where did you where did you put them or how did you kind of attract clients and my follow-up question after that is going to be about you actually realizing that you didn't want to be an agency you just wanted to be Brie so how did you put yourself out there I first began to put myself out there with the Webflow community actually I would see everyone, especially in the Fin Suite community. Um, I was watching all their lives. Of course, when you're learning Webflow, 
you start YouTubing Webflow. So I saw John D. Saunders, I saw Peyton Clark, and like then all these great people who like I'm so honored to like know these people today, which is so crazy. But it's like I was watching them and I was like, okay, so do I have to do it this route of making a YouTube? Doing like I was floundering of like, how do I go about jumping in? And I was scared. I was so terrified. Mind you, I I live a very lonely lifestyle now. I pretty much keep to myself. I don't really go out too much, hang out with people. And so I was scared to talk to people. And um, they had the show and tell. And I shared my project there. And I was encouraged by Maria. Uh, Maria the first, that's what we call her. <laughs> and <laughs> I love the Maria. Shout out to the Marias. They are the best people in the community. But Maria the first was like, get on Twitter. And I was like, ooh, no, I don't like Twitter. I deleted that. I don't really use social media like that. She was like, get on Twitter. So I made my account. And yeah, that's pretty much where I only am. I'm only on Twitter right now. And that has started the outreach. I just share what I'm working on. I share good advice. I share like self-care things and small things like that. And that's really, I didn't expect it. Honestly, I wasn't trying to gain followers. Um, I was just really being myself online and it ended up kind of becoming something, which is interesting. So I don't have, I don't know if I have any tips on that side. Just like, I don't really know what I did, honestly, to do that. I think I can tell you the answer to that. I think you were being Brie, but online. I think your personality shined through by being involved and following your North Star, just like you have been, it sounds like, your whole life. Just, you know, following your nose, hanging out with people that, you know, you you fed off their energy and they fed off your energy and, and things started happening. I think every single episode, practically, the advice is get more involved in the community from pretty much every single successful web flower that I've spoken to. And it sounds like, you know, you going to the FinSuite lives, interacting in the YouTube comments there, chatting to people, and then jumping into Twitter, starting to follow people who you aspired to be like, and then you started chatting to them, and then you became friends with them. Yeah. And then potentially they share projects with you, or, or you just learn from them i cannot recommend Bree's advice enough definitely for me personally as well it's been fundamental to to you know my web flow development as well let's focus in on failure number two right now underesting yourself and your work history yes this is a really big one something i've noticed in the web flow space is a lot of us don't come from tech backgrounds and tech is an intimidating space. It just, it, it is. So when you're coming with this different background, you're thinking, I have to work to get to where everyone else is. And that's going to happen within time. And it's like, mm, no, sis, you had all this talent beforehand. You've done photography since you were in your teens. You've been involved in music, arts, all these different things. So I felt weird calling myself a beginner at a certain spot because I was around other beginners and they weren't where I was. And I was like, oh, because I've been doing this for 10 plus years, or I was serving at this place and it taught me these skills, or I had done this and it taught me this to be here. So that's why I'm able to talk and do certain things and um, speak very well. I was in theater for all those years. So it's just small things that I wasn't appreciating or seeing as something important. And it was I was belittling myself for my web development because of it. And that held me back a lot in the beginning. Wow. Okay. So that you didn't realize maybe you had far more soft skills that actually were 
vital to to do webflow successfully it's not just about the the nuts and bolts of actually using webflow it's actually how can you conduct yourself in all the things that freelancing entails yes completely and i would not recommend for everyone to become a freelancer because it's not easy and sometimes it is best when people work with agencies so that's why when people ask for advice sometimes i try to take the time to learn who they are as a worker, as a person, how they're um, inspired by certain things, their workforce and certain things like that. And that will kind of help you know which route you want to go, um, whether you want to be a freelancer, an agency owner, or work under an agency. There's so many opportunities in the space, so you don't have to box yourself in. And so in terms of how you have approached Webflow, do you recommend that other people think about you know, freelancing in the same manner, like if they haven't had any tech experience, but they've been working in various different industries for 10 years, what you're saying is, yes, you can, like you can do this, you are still well ahead of the curve of in the grand scheme of, you know, the internet and Webflow only starting in 2017, you're at the start. So just dive in and get involved in the community. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, 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 yes. A thousand percent, no matter where you're from, where you come from, even if you're just wanting to learn Webflow for your own personal projects, you never know where that's going to lead you 10 years from now. So don't feel intimidated to not start something because it's not your background. You're totally capable of getting into it. Okay, awesome. And then in terms of advice for someone who's listening, who's like, I'm interested in Webflow, but now I'm hyped to actually jump in and become a Webflow freelancer potentially. You know, how would you kind of what advice might you give to someone who's starting out in that sphere? That is interesting. There are so many different layers to freelancing that I'm finding that are like, ooh, ah, didn't expect that. So I think my biggest advice, actually, I do have one. Latch on to mentors. Jump in those DMs. Oh, my God, I cannot explain how much that's helped me. My networking. There are like five um, people that I can reach out to when I get like get a pricing for something or I'm like, how should I price this? Or what should I do for this? Or, oh, I have a lead right now. How does this sound other da da da? Having people you can latch on to, to help you out so you're not alone and you don't have to do it all at one time. So like right now, my biggest thing is um, like LLCs versus S Corp or like, what should I do? Taxes, things like that. that's where my mind is right now. And so I've reached out to the flow party, people in the flow party and I don't have to do it alone. And I think that's like the biggest thing. No, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Mm. Do you think that underestimating yourself is kind of a symptom of being a freelancer, though? I mean, the amount of people that I have on this show who say, yeah, like, I, I didn't think I could, but I did type thing. Mm -hmm. You know, why, why did you underestimate yourself, um, but then work through that when so many people just underestimate themselves their whole life? Well, I'm working out of desperation and uh, I joke, but I'm so serious. Like <laughs> my situation is like on a completely different level where I'm like, oh crap, I'm 27 and this, that and other, and I got to do this and I got to do that. And like, I've always been, I'm high anxiety. So um, I don't know how to do it in a healthy way without like pressuring yourself into a ditch, but like, there's no other option for me at this point. And some people do have other options. So that's why I don't scorn them in a sense, just just know where you are in your space and know how to execute. I know that's asking for self-awareness is a lot out of people, but maybe you just need to take that time to gain that self-awareness before trying to dive too deep into something.
Hey guys, just jumping in here to say that Flowfest has been launched. The website is now live. So go to flowfest.co.uk to get yourself a ticket for the 11th of July. The 11th of July. So I have nothing to do with organizing this one, by the way, but this is Isabel Edwards, Ash, various other amazing humans that are involved. It's going to be a great meetup. Like Isabel is just awesome at organizing stuff and she always throws herself into stuff 110%. So well worth going. She promises loads of nice things, three no-code talks, food, drinks, outdoor games, live music. I mean, this thing is taking meetups to another level. I mean, combining a festival and a conference is a mad idea, but it's going to be sick and I'm so pumped. So anyway, get yourself to Manchester if you're a UK-based webflower for the 11th of July. It's going to be it's going to be mad. If it's anything like the website, which is sick by the way, it's going to be like the best event of the year. So Yes, get yourself to Flowfest uh, website, cop a ticket, see you on the 11th of July. Back to the episode. That's fascinating advice. Okay, so what you're saying is that freelancing's hard. There's plenty of different aspects to freelancing. And you're not saying, hey, just quit your job. You can do it. Just go for it. What you're saying is make sure through small steps that you have the frame of mind and self-awareness and and curiosity to actually you know kind of take those steps to be a freelancer if that is what you wish yes completely because you can just go get a job and it'd be easier like you know how to develop and design like you can go the easier route but that may not be your long-term route and that's okay and kind of going back to the second part of the question of what was that part that clicked for me of do I want to be a freelancer in an agency? It took me a year to figure this out. I've been dabbling around and learning things and talking to more agency owners. And like a lot of the conversations we have in the Webflow space helped me out tremendously. Grace Walker is like a 10 out of 10 when speaking about being a solopreneur. And I was like, that actually fits my lifestyle better. Like think about your long-term goals. What do you want to do in five years versus 10 years? Are you going to have kids? Do you have kids? That is a huge conversation we have in the space because I'm one of the youngest and I don't have kids. So I'm talking to all these old dads and their mindsets are completely different than mine. It's important to really think about who you are, where you are in life and where do you want to be? Yeah, definitely. I feel the same. There's a lot of really important mentors in my workflow journey that have completely changed the game in terms of both confidence, but also like just hard skills. You know, if you Mm -hmm. finish a website, you know, you say to a mentor, hey, can we jump on a call and just have a look at this together? And then they're just like, okay, you need to dun, 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 dun. And then there's like, okay, there's so much more that, you know, I I didn't consider. So Mm -hmm. second that, shout out to the mentors out there. In terms of getting a mentor, everyone talks about getting mentors. You need to get a mentor. And I completely second that advice. But can you just explain how you even thought this person I would love to learn more from and they could mentor me? And then how would you even go about getting that person involved in your life? Okay, great question. I reached out to people that I was seeing, things I saw saw in them that I would like. The, one of the first people that I reached out to was Melissa Mendez. 
she has been so pivotal towards my journey. It is absolutely unreal. Uh, she's so nice and so great. Like it was so me. She was so charming on camera. There were so many things. And I saw that she was not only an agency owner, but she was great at speaking and hosting. And she was doing so many other things outside of just being this one thing. And I'll never forget the advice she gave me on one of our first calls where you're like, girl, you can do anything you want to do. You can get into content creation. You can do this. You can do that. Like, you don't have to stay in this one spot. And it really clicked something for me of like, oh, crap. Like, oh, yeah, like I can do more. So you were talking earlier about that intimidation, I guess, that freelancers feel. When does that kind of go away? It starts to go away like every step you make. Everything you unlock, you start feeling more confident in what you're doing, speaking to people, each lead you close, each design you present, like it's not going to stop, but it, it gets a little bit better every time. So my advice is find people that you really look up to in the space, reach out, like say, hey, set up a meeting, um, get a gather space, just start chatting with people, build those relationships. Not every relationship is like a mentor and mentee type thing. Like I have friendships like really, really good friendships in the space. And we're, we won't even put each other on a level of, oh, I'm learning from this person or they're teaching me this. We're all gaining stuff from each other. We can reach out and learn. So having the good support group and also having like that higher up person who can kind of maneuver over everything is really good community to have. Tell me about failure number three, waiting too long to jump into the community. Oh yeah, this is big. I waited entirely too long in my personal opinion. I lurked in the back. This is for the lurkers because I know there are lots of lurkers out there in the space who just chill in the back in the comments, sometimes say hey every once in a while or like don't really jump into Twitter or jump into the gather spaces we have or like all the events that we host throughout the week. Everyone, like so many events all the time. I waited way too long. I was very shy of like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not like the best or doing certain things. And because of that, I don't, I feel like I missed out on so much in a way the FOMO kind of kicked in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like my advice with that is don't, don't wait too long to just say hi or to reach out or to feel like you have to be at a certain level in order to compete or to do something like, um, the community is so open and there's so many areas to fit in. So yeah, I waited way too long. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes when people say, get involved in the community, they're kind of like, uh, cool, like what community? Because there's kind of interesting development, I think, in the Webflow community in the past, I'd say quite recently, maybe in the past couple of years, there seems to be kind of like different little subgroups forming. And what I've found personally is that you find your group by talking to people and taking part in different group events. And you kind of find people that you naturally align with and that you feel kind of have the same energy and outlook as you. Is that is that the kind of advice that you give to someone who was like, yeah, cool, Brie, join the community. What is that? What is that? Actually <laughs> how, does that what, how does that play out? So for me, I will definitely say being a part, if not only being in the communities, but also supporting community. Mm -hmm. Majority of the like live shows, you probably will see me in there. I will always try my best to support people. That has tremendously helped build my reputation in the space. A lot of the work you're going to end up getting will not be from outside people. It's going to be from the people in the community. Um, when you show your work, like Diego says, show your work always, no matter what stage it's in, go for it. Let people see what's happening. Start getting that feedback early. And just like being vulnerable in a sense, 
definitely, definitely, definitely has helped me get to where like people know me. And so when you're just like lurking in the background, people aren't getting to know who you are as a person, as a designer, as a creative. Whereas when you're jumping into a flow party and then you go to No Court North and then you go hang out with the Floxies and then you go like all these different areas and you're meeting these people, there's challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, The flow party challenges, 10 out of 10 have forced me to become a better developer and designer. I've done four of them. I believe there's four out right now. I didn't do the last one for the portfolio, but I did the rest of them. Well, I know for a fact, the Alyssa's Animal Sanctuary Project has gotten me two clients so far in lots of leads. So you never know what's going to happen when you're in these like groups. You meet certain people. You can become part of the committees. You can start working with designers that you really admire and learn from them. Like there's so much more that comes from being a part of the communities outside of just being in a live show. Like, no, those relationships start building and you start growing as a person. Yeah. So what you're saying is taking part in live streams and gathers is is kind of just just the tip of the iceberg. Actually, that's where you kind of say hi. It's a bit like opening the door to a party. Like you open the door when you go to those type of things, but actually like to go in, say hi to people, etc. you know, you do need to do a little bit more than just go along to the live shows if you want to take part in the the community stuff which which as Breeze mentioned, like it definitely helps make you a better designer and developer, especially with the challenges. And it can lead to work because you build relationships, like you say. And you build your portfolio. And um, another huge thing for me, like I always say flow party. I look forward to Fridays every single week because we're going to hang out and there's going to be a after party. It's probably going to be seven hours long and we're all nerding out, just hanging out and chatting. But a lot of us work from home. A lot of us don't have friends and families that we can chat with all the time. So getting that connection with people is so important to me. Like as much as I value what we learn, I'm just so happy to be around and we chat and we joke, we have our inside jokes and people jump in and out the party and like big names come in, small people come. We're always so excited. We're sharing our work and it's just, it's, it's so powerful in its own small way. So for someone that's thinking about, um, you know, okay, cool. I'm sold on the communities, Brie. Where do I actually go? So there's Flow Party, which you've spoken about a lot with Melissa Mendez. There's No Code North, which is Canadian Webflow Group, which is Penny Renshaw, uh, Maggie. Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy LaRue. Yeah. And then you've got Finn's yeah. Lives. Yes. Uh, FM Pro. You can join there. Is it Patreon community? Their community? Um, It's right now it's on um, Slack. Okay. It's a Slack. And there's the in- internal one also. Okay. Yeah. There's a Slack community. Timothy Ricks has got his Patreon group. But I think maybe if you're like right at the beginning of your Webflow, gen- Webflow journey, maybe Flow Party, new to the flow as well by Lish. That's really good. Shout out to Lish. She's awesome. Oh, there's um State of Flow, which I have joined. Yeah, I'm helping out with them this year. Um, yeah, State of Flow. Another thing about communities. So this is something that Raymar talks about a lot. He wants to start building more, especially for, like, we forgot about Cafe. Um, oh, Webflow yeah. Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many people you can join, yeah. like, depending on your the area you're in, I know that they're wanting to build more things for personal stuff for people to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, I would absolutely love to help like disabled people. 
or even like a group for black women, there's not a lot of black women in the space. And I would mm. start encouraging more people to not feel intimidated to be in the space. Mm. Um, like if you see a community that's not doing what you want to do, start building it, reach out to people. They will definitely help you with that process. Yeah, definitely. And I would add to that, that like there is a community for everyone. Trust me, there is a community for you. I can't recommend um, yeah, Bree's words enough, like get involved in community. Don't just lurk. So before I ask you the final question, where can people find you? If they were to say, Brie, can I DM you and talk about something that we've talked about in this episode? Where should they, where should they do that? Yes, of course. I'm currently on Twitter. You can find me at my name, Brianna Nicole. And yeah, feel free to DM me. I host uh, events in my gather space called Tea with Brie. And it's like a little tea room. And yeah, that's where I just meet up with people and we chat and just start figuring things out. Um, I talk to all different types of people, not just people I look up to. Um, I make time to meet up with anyone. So you're definitely, you can reach out to me and I definitely will help out. So Bria, are you ready for the final question? Ooh, I am. What is your next failure going to be? Hmm, that is a really good one. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, that's a really good one. Hmm. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh, that's, the episode here. <laughs> that's a tough one. Sorry. Sorry I feel as if the next failure I'm going to have is probably going to be underselling myself in a project. I feel like I'm currently kind of in it, kind of in it, but it's been kind of worth it in a sense. When you're first building your portfolio, you're just taking any type of job that'll come towards you. You're not thinking about your daily rate, how much you should be charging monthly, how much is this project actually worth or value-based pricing or things like that. Um, I feel like that's kind of the stage I'm in right now of my failures of like, oh, I'm really cheap, <laughs> but it's okay. Like I'm building and I'm learning. So that's definitely my next failure. Thanks for listening to episode 26 of Webflail with Brianna Nicole. Thanks so much to Brianna for coming on the show and sharing so many vulnerable insights. It's really, really inspiring to see someone who, frankly, hasn't had the easiest life with this rare autoimmune disease. You know, she's had to kind of pivot what she's doing and and how she's doing it. And she's doing that with such energy. It's so inspiring to see. And I hope you guys learned a little bit about mentorship from this episode too. I mean, one of the biggest things that Briona talks about in relation to her success is finding mentors who are better than her, who can, who she can talk to. And Briona seems to have done a really good job of talking to people in the community, getting involved. And then from there, naturally finding mentors, not necessarily reaching out and being like, hey, can you be my mentor? Actually, she's just been really, really active and things have come of that. So if there's anything to learn from this episode, please get involved with the community and then things will happen from there and you will find people who are better than you that you can learn from. Hugely, hugely powerful concept. So next week, are we interviewing Arnal Ross, the famous YouTuber from uh, Spain? He is just a Webflow wizard, but also a really, really entertaining uh, YouTuber. So very, very excited to see him. If you're not subscribed to the Webflow Roundup, why not? There's an article 
there's a podcast episode, there's three Webflow jobs, and there's three inspirational Webflow websites. So why not check it out? Subscribe to that, webflow.com forward slash newsletter. Okay, I'm rambling. Have an amazing week, guys. See you next week, Webflowers.